You're listening to the Fix My Feet podcast. Solutions for every step in your journey with the nation's leading foot and ankle specialists. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fix My Feet podcast. This is Dr. Waters and Dr. Leonard's here today talking to, uh, about a very uh, common complication issues that we deal with as foot and ankle surgeons and as foot and ankle specialists, and that is the complications associated with diabetes related to the foot and ankle. Super common. I think the latest research numbers say that, I mean, diabetes is definitely academic. Somewhere between 15 and 20% of the U.S. population suffers with uh, diabetes, and the complications that come along with it can be quite disastrous, especially in the foot and ankle. So I want to take a moment to talk about those since I know so many people have family members or they themselves are dealing with uh, some of those uh, issues that come along with diabetes. So I thought we would kind of start to talk about with Dr. Leonard's the, the two kind of cousins that come along with diabetes in the lower extremity that make things very difficult for us in our world. And that are, that's peripheral neuropathy and peripheral vascular disease. So I'll, I'll leave it to Dr. Leonard to kind of give us a brief, you know, introduction into those two, two cousins of diabetes that we deal with. And then we can kind of jump into some of the things we see in the foot and ankle world as a result of these three things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, those two are the main kind of sequela of, of diabetic issues long-term and they're both problematic for their own reasons and both can be detrimental for, for a variety of reasons. But generally you don't have to have both. You can have one or the other. And a lot of times with most of the research, they've shown that tends to be duration of diabetes involvement that leads to level of peripheral vascular disease and uh, peripheral neuropathy, not necessarily the severity. So you know, if you, if you get diagnosed with diabetes and you're able to treat it quickly with diet and exercise or medication or things like that and, and come out of those issues, if it's type two or um, adult onset, you know, you can prevent these things from occurring or even, you know, have some reversibility to them as well. But as well as, as far as peripheral neuropathy, you know, a big problem in the foot and ankle, like Dr. Waters mentioned, it affects the longest nerves generally first. And those tend to be the ones that go all the way down to the bottom of the feet. And so, it can manifest itself in a variety of different ways. Neuropathy is just kind of a catch-all term for, you know, the nerve not acting appropriately, essentially. And so it can be numbness, it can be burning, it can be tingling, it can be electric type sensations, it can be all sorts of issues like that. It can be multiples at once. And depending on the sensations you're having, uh, it kind of changes the treatment options. And neuropathy tends to show itself a little bit more at night or when you're off your feet because you don't have as many stimulus going on that's allowing the nerve to process other things and keeping it occupied. Peripheral vet. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say those are great points. Go ahead with peripheral vascular disease because we definitely want to disease. cover that. Yeah, so it's essentially, you know, that the, the blood glucose sits in the bloodstream over time. You get glycosylation of the blood cells and it causes damage to the, you know, the lining of the arteries and the veins and things like that. And so, over time, it, it causes calcifications. It can cause problems with the, with the arteries pumping, you know, blood efficiently. 
And as you get down to the foot, you know, the, the blood vessels end up being very small. And so there's not a lot of, of room for error in terms of, of uh, you know, calcifications or blockages in those areas. So as you lose the blood flow to areas, it can also affect the nerves in turn that way because nerves also need blood supply. It can affect, you know, the musculature of the foot, of the muscles that, that do some um, flexion and extension of the toes and things like that and cause areas to be stiff or cause, you know, cramps or things like that. And it also makes wound healing more difficult and causes problems with, with ulceration formation and things like that, which is generally the thing we're trying to avoid with diabetic patients with foot and ankle issues. Yeah, I think those are all great points. So I wanted to, you know, the biggest issue is called glycosylation uh, that we talk about. And, and uh, I'm not, not everybody knows what that is, but when you have elevated blood sugar levels, those blood, those sugar groups, which are, which are, what are their glycosylating groups, those sugar groups adhere to structures. They can adhere to nerves. They can adhere to, to blood structures. They can adhere to tendons. And all those things create problems, and like they increase the viscosity of the blood, like Dr. Leonard has talked about. They cause degeneration of the nerves. And in a musculoskeletal world, they can create some issues of tendons not functioning the way that they should, they should function. And so the elevated, prolonged elevated blood sugar is, a, is one of the real issues that we've, we fall, that we deal with. And so what I think, Going back to kind of what Dr. Leonard said earlier, the biggest thing that research has shown that you can do if you're listening to this and you want one takeaway from this podcast today is really good control of your blood sugar will likely result in you not having a lot of the foot and ankle complication issues that we're going to talk about next. Would you agree with that, Dr. Leonard? Yep. Yep. Glucose control is really important. So that's why we tend to work you know, hand in hand with your primary doctor and with endocrinologists and things to make sure that taken care of systemically while we're dealing with any foot and ankle issues at the same time. Yeah, totally agree. So, so now that we kind of discovered, so diabetes, peripheral neuropathy, peripheral vascular disease are the deadly trio, trio that we deal with in the foot and ankle. Let's talk about for people who are unaware, some of the main complications that we deal with associated with diabetes, peripheral vascular disease, and peripheral neuropathy. Dr. Leonard, one or two common complications, and then I can list a couple as well. I think the main one we see is is wounds. I mean, it, it manifests itself either with the neuropathy and they can't sense that they've stepped on something or had an injury, or with they get something minor, but it doesn't end up healing well because of the poor blo- blood flow. And so wounds tend to lead to infections if they're not treated promptly, and that's that's a very common occurrence with diabetic patients. The other more alarming one in terms of, of chronic peripheral neuropathy, and it can associate with the vascular disease as well, is called charco arthropathy uh, with diabetic patients where you tend to get fracturing of the bones in the foot and it tends to happen in the middle of the foot most common. And you don't have that reflex to stay off of the foot because you don't have the pain response there. And over time, that fracture becomes more and more severe until the foot essentially collapses in the middle and you end up with pressure points around the foot that can then lead to wounds and infections and things like that. Yeah, those are the two big ones for sure. I would say the other thing that we commonly deal with, definitely infect, just infection in general, abscess formation. Generally, those are pre 
dispose. I mean, there's a precursor of a wound involved with those most commonly, but occasionally we will see them without without a wound because of the immunocompromised nature of a, a uncontrolled diabetic patient. And then the other thing is just the deformities that result from glycosylation that we kind of deal with, uh, especially like I would say hammer toes are a real uh, uh, big issue in diabetic patients just because they present some prominent areas that can lead to wound formation because of the contracted nature of the hammer toe. And then I guess the third one would be equinus that develops because of glycosylation of the tendon. And equinus is just where we don't have the range of motion at our ankle joint that we're supposed to have. And so that can lead to some forefoot overloading. So if you're developing a lot of calluses in the front part of the foot on the bottom, those are also what we would consider a pressure area or pre-ulcerative lesion area. And that's our concern is that those would go on to a wound and then we would deal with some of the complications that come from from wounds. So I think that those are some common things, you know, if you know somebody with diabetes struggling, those are, those are real complicated issues that we deal with. And uh, those would definitely require, need to be seen to evaluate those kind of issues. And if we can get to them sooner and, and do some releases, do some things to remove pressure, often that's the best case scenario for a lot of these patients. Uh, because once we get a wound, the statistics become very poor in the favor of those who are dealing with some of those complications. So it's very common to do prophylactic, you know, things for this patient population more so than with other patient populations. If you agree with that or not. Yeah. I, I'm a big believer in prophylactic, like, especially like hammer toes, things that I can do very simply in the office that are flexible. I'm a big believer in prophylactic stuff, but bunions. I mean, I just have a lady uh, here in the clinic that I'm dealing with now uh, who just waited years and years with her bunion. Now she's got a full thickness wound right over that, that bunion prominence from shoe wear that we could have easily taken care of, you know, years ago. And so I'm a big believer. I don't believe in, in prophylactic surgery in any other uh, patient population, but in diabetes, diabetic patients who have the propensity to develop wounds and go on to amputations. I'm a big believer in, in that kind of stuff. So you're, you have any thoughts on that? No, I Dr. think that's, that's spot on. It's, it's definitely worth the, the upfront uh, risk of the procedure versus the long-term risk of their yeah. complications and issues down the road. Good. So a couple other things, and I don't want to scare people too bad, but I don't think people are aware of the morbidity and mortality associated with diabetic foot wounds uh, and amputations that we deal with in the foot and ankle world. Uh, I know cancer gets a lot of pub, and it should. It's it, We need as much research dollars as we can there. But I believe the, the latest statistics show that, uh, you know, the morbidity, meaning the severeness of the disease as well as the mortality, meaning how soon somebody will die after either having a diabetic foot wound and or uh, amputation is above many of the cancers that that we treat and face uh, in today's world. Would you agree with that, Dr. Leonard? Yep, definitely. And it tends to be a slippery slope when you go down that path of a wound or an amputation, your, your odds of having another one within the next year are really, really high. So it's just, it's a difficult... Uh, process to stop once it starts. Yeah. And, and just, just for nuts and bolts research, because that's what we tried to get out to uh, the general population is really good information here. If you end up having a major amputation, like what, what we would consider like a below the knee amputation, 
due to diabetes or non-traumatic reasons, the chances that you're, you would be dead within five years are or 50%, around 50% chance that you'll be dead in five years. And so it's a significant deal when we have to go to those kind of measures. The sooner we can get to these things, the sooner we can treat these uh, issues and complications, uh, the better the outcome we can have. And that's why we talk about the importance of prophylactic surgery and early monitoring of these conditions, as well as, uh, you know, working with the, your medical providers to get adequate uh, blood sugar control. And then I don't know if you know this, Evan, so if you don't, let me know. But what is, uh, from your latest understanding, morbidity and mortality associated with diabetic foot wounds? I know you talked about if you get one, you're likely to get another one, but any thoughts on that? Mortality, is that just for getting a wound initially? Yeah, for for anybody who ends up getting a diabetic foot wound, I thought it was like slightly under fifty percent, like thirty or forty percent that end up going on to pass away in in several years. It's not a super long time. Yeah, it's probably yep, not that, that, specific numbers, but yeah, that is that is what I understood as well. And I haven't looked at them like you said in the very very recent time, but I believe twenty to forty percent. So it's a prognostic indicator of early mortality of a, just having a diabetic foot wound. Okay, so you just getting one is not a good sign. So these are really serious complications that we deal with every day. So I, just, I would just want to reiterate that. The last segment I kind of wanted to go into here is, you know, what's required to heal a diabetic foot wound? And then last segment, what are some preventative measures that our patients or, or those who have family members can help their families understand and take in order to prevent some of these? Because prevention is the best medicine in, the, in these in these situations, uh, to be completely honest. Yeah. So, but first thing first, Evan, things uh, that are required if, if somebody wants to know, I got grandma and grandpa who has a wound or I've got a wound, what are the things that are required to get that wound closed? Well, generally you need to see somebody for it. I mean, it's it's probably not something you're gonna be able to take care of at home, especially because you probably developed it due to some underlying issues. So, you know, like we talked about before, making sure that you're seeing your primary care doctor or an endocrinologist to make sure you're systemically optimized to be healing, nutritional levels, um, you know, blood sugar level monitoring, all of that stuff. And then generally you want to be able to see somebody, whether it's a wound care clinic, whether it's in office setting where that wound can be evaluated make sure there's no infection. These wounds tend to need debridement consistently, which by that means we clean up any tissue that's non-viable around the wound. It also gets rid of uh, film that can develop on these wounds from just overlying bacteria and skin flora on your skin that can cause difficulty with healing wounds. And the other more most important thing is, is offloading of these wounds like Dr. Waters mentioned, I mean, you know, wounds on the front of the foot, if you have a pressure point, they're never going to heal unless you take away that pressure point. They're always going to have pressure there reopening that wound. And so offloading, whether it's in a surgical shoe or a walking boot or a cast or completely off of it or whatever the need may be, you know, surgical offloading with, you know, tendon rebalancing procedures and things like that. Some sort of offloading is generally needed for these pressure wounds when they develop at areas of uh, high pressure. Yeah, totally agree. Those those are the three things. Just like you said, adequate blood flow, 
offloading and infection control are the three things that we really got to accomplish. And certainly these are something you need to see somebody about. This is not something you should be trying to take care of at home. So just final segment here, things that preventative measures, uh, I'll list a couple, then you can kind of piggyback on those. But I mean, we already mentioned the first one. I always tell this to all my diabetic patients, your best chance of prevention is adequate blood sugar control. So working with your primary care, working with your endocrinologist, making sure you're following the diet recommendations, you know, those kinds of things can really be critical in helping, you know, give, if you control your blood sugar, your chances of these complications coming your way are very, very small. So that, that would be number one. Number two, uh, I would say would be to, I always say exercise is a big thing just because, and I don't know how many patients understand this. When I say exercise, I'm not saying go buy an expensive gym membership and like uh, go pump iron or anything like that. Just daily walking because when you walk that your body has to use glucose to, to get energy to the muscles. And, and so it really helps with, again, with control of the blood sugar, just to have a little bit of a daily exercise routine to burn off some of that uh, extra glucose that might be there and help control your blood glucose level. So, uh, you know, uh, adequate control and exercise, I always say, are key. And then I'll kick it over to Dr. Leonard for a couple other things preventative-wise that patients should be thinking about with these things. Yeah. And to piggyback on the, you know, the exercise, the other important thing with that is that, you know, your body can develop new blood flow pathways. And so if you stress it a little bit with some exercise and, and pumping, not only will that help push fluid up, you know, in the venous system and help decrease swelling in the legs, which can also lead to its own set of problems, but can also create new pathways down to the feet to improve some blood flow a little bit, depending on how active you are. So that's, that's a great recommendation. The other one, important one is I think having an appropriate set of, of shoe gear. So generally that consists of if you're diabetic and you have diagnosed um, diabetes, uh, whether that's an elevated A1C or, or blood sugar with complications, your best bet is to be in a diabetic shoe with a custom insole. It's going to be a wider shoe. It's going to decrease the chances that there's friction or rubbing on, you know, a hammer toe deformity or a pressure point on the bottom of the foot. It's going to be more or less made for your foot specifically so that we can offload any areas we need to offload. And that's, again, we're talking about prevention, right? And so that's one of the most important things to do is, is to keep yourself um, in an appropriate set of shoes, you know, slippers and flip-flops and things are not really giving you quite the, the level of support. And then the other thing with those shoes is, you know, whether you think you have neuropathy or not, I would check your feet and your shoes every day. That's just a really important thing to do consistently because if you're numb somewhere, you're probably not going to notice it unless somebody tells you or touches that spot and you realize you are. I get tons of patients that come in and, and do you have any history of neuropathy, any numbness of the feet? Nope. And then we do an exam and they definitely do. So if you're checking your feet and your shoes, make sure there's no wounds, there's no you know marbles rolling around in your shoe that you're going to walk on and give yourself a, a pressure ulcer or something like that this is all just good preventative stuff to get in the habit of yeah the, the last thing i would add to that is the quality of your skin so when you do these daily checks that dr Leonard is talking about which are absolutely critical even if your skin is intact there's no wounds if it's excessively dry that will lead to breakdown of the skin a lot quicker than the skin that's maintained in a really 
good supple manner. Now, when you're diabetic, when you have decreased blood flow and decreased, you know, you have neuropathy, your skin does not maintain the suppleness of it as it would in an, in a non-disease state. And so lotion, I always tell patients, you know, if your feet are dry, you need to lotion them to maintain the suppleness of the skin. Supple skin will be much more resistant to all the things we talked about, pressure, rubbing, you know, those kinds of things that lead to skin breakdown, then dry, real, what we call friable, real dry, real scaly skin that uh, if that's the case that you have. So I think those are some good maintenance and prevention things that you can do. If you're, if you know somebody, if you yourself are dealing with diabetes and some of the complications that come in the lower extremity. And then if you're, you know, diabetic and complicated, make sure you're, you know, Medicare recommends an annual foot check. Primary care can do that. We can do that. You know, there's a number of doctors that can do that for you, but make sure you're getting those checks. Make sure that you're getting looked at and getting evaluated. If you're high risk, we definitely recommend more frequently than once a year just to check in there and make sure everything is good for you. Because like I said, with all this stuff, and I'm sure Dr. Leonard would echo this, we want to be on the prevention side of all this stuff rather than on the other side of this because it's not great when we get onto the other side of these things. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Very good. Well, for all those listening, hopefully we didn't depress anybody too much today, but I want to bring some light to the reality of the complications that we deal with associated with diabetes and the lower extremity. Any comments or questions, please drop them, and we will make sure we try to cover those. Uh, until next time, this is Dr. Waters and Dr. Leonard's. This is the Fix My Feet podcast. Check us out on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, and we look forward to uh, you, you continuing to liking, following, and listening to the f- future episodes on how we disseminate information to help you keep your feet healthy, happy, and pain-free. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Fix My Feet podcast. To schedule an appointment with one of our providers, visit www.prfootandankle.com.